I want to ask you a personal question. Do you read my newsletter? Because if you don't, I think you'll really like it. Every Friday afternoon, I send out a short newsletter designed to help you live a healthier and more thriving life in less than 10 minutes. These newsletters include practical tips for your mind, body, and recovery, something you can apply right away. And I provide links to tools and current research that I've found to be useful in my own life. I've made this really easy for you. If you want to try out my newsletter, click the link in the show notes, fill out the quick form, and you'll soon have a time-efficient and practical resource delivered right to your email. Join our growing community and let's make our lives healthier one small step at a time. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Quorum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Jay Martin. Jay is the host of The Jay Martin Show, and he's the CEO of Cambridge House, producer of one of the largest investment conferences in Canada, the VRIC, where he hosts world-renowned politicians, economists, and investors. Jay Martin is an investor, author, and successful entrepreneur himself. He's also run ultra marathons, he's a triathlete, and he's the father of three young boys. And today's episode was a surprise to me in every way. Because if you listen to this guy's bio, you're like, man, he's got it together in every way. But Jay discusses a personal journey he had with alcohol and how removing alcohol led to what he calls a psychological renaissance. It created a massive shift in his decision-making, the depth of his relationships, and almost every area of his life. Jay also discussed what he calls the sovereign life blueprint and how this empowers you to create clarity through vision, values, goals, and the daily steps that you need to take to achieve your goals. This is a rich episode, so let's dive right in. Let's lean in and learn from the best. Jay, as somebody that's an entrepreneur and that's you know leading a family at the same time, decision-making is so important. And I saw this, your EA sent me this, and it just caught my attention. And it said, I spent years hiring and firing people before realizing the problem was me. By the way, great hook. What was the problem? Why was the problem you and not everybody else? You know, I wrote that article as I was reflecting back on my journey as a leader. And Mm -hmm. I was asking myself the question, if somebody sat down and interviewed the employees that I had 12 years ago, how would they describe me? And it wouldn't have been positive. You know, it would have been Jay's quick to fire. Jay makes short-sighted decisions. Jay says one thing, then contradicts it 30 minutes later. Jay lacks focus. Jay lacks accountability. All of this stuff, right? But as a, you know, junior and aspiring entrepreneur with grand ambitions and, and all of this, I was so focused on finding the right people, right? And that's the most common conversation in entrepreneurship is like, get the right people on the bus. Mm. Don't settle players, right? You got to have A's. You got to have A's across the board, which is true. It's like remarkably true. And, and um, but, you know, I had confused a lot of that with just my own inexperience and inability to properly lead people and set a, you know, formal example. You know, I, I keep my team so lean today. It's lovely. I actually run two businesses. I keep both intentionally as small as possible. And I love the agility and freedom that gives me. Getting there was like a massive ego hurdle, though, Eric. You know, I, I mm. used to really think about 
growth and progress in terms of scale, right? It's like, you know, what's my top line? Like, what's my head count? Like, you know, what markets am I in? All of this. And then actually it was 2020 that gave me a bit of a reckoning because my biggest business was event production. And we just got shut down overnight. And it was like this sort of challenging moment where I walked in my my house, my house I had just bought, and I could already barely afford. I looked at my two kids and my pregnant wife realized my business had been shut off. And I was like, what am I going to do here? Long story short, you know, we were able to find an awesome pivot and created something new and it's been great. But coming with this new battle scar, I'm like, I'm staying lean and agile. I'm only chasing margin. And I just want to be the absolute best in my market, whatever it is we do. We're not just chasing scale for the sake of scale. That's been hard to reconcile with the ego piece. That's like, but growth, but scale, but headcount, but top line, but all of these things, but revenue, right? And it's like, no, no, no. Just like sometimes being the best small fish is the best thing to be. And that's sort of what I've been driving towards for the last few years. And it's changed my life, changed my life. Absolutely. Talk with our clientele and it's been lovely. So what changed about you though? I mean, you said that people would have said you contradicted yourself. Maybe you weren't the easiest to get along with, you know, running a lean organization with great people is one thing, but what fundamentally changed about you that enabled you to hang on to people better? Did you change as a person? Did your character change? Yeah, hundred percent. So a handful of things. I think, you know, as, as you, as you grow, like I, I got married, I had kids. I, I used to like to party. I quit drinking, like all this stuff, you know? And, um, the biggest, like pivotal point in my mindset for sure. You know, I could say on the surface was abstaining from alcohol to be frank. Like, you know, I was never out of control, but deciding to, uh, to quit drinking was significant because like, it began as a one-year experiment, went really well. I was just curious, would this make my life better or not? Would it make the impact? You know, the, the results like seven years in compounded have just been unforeseeable in terms of my just general momentum and inertia in life. But more importantly, like since consuming alcohol is the most common extracurricular activity in any developed country, full stop, abstaining from that really flexes your critical thought muscle because it sort of forces you into a new bucket of how do I forge relationships how do I celebrate wins? How do I take the edge off stress? You know, how do I drown my sorrows? All of this, right? It, like the common theme in most of those scenarios is, well, let's have a couple of drinks, right? And so abstaining from that common practice really forced me to flex my my critical thought and creative muscle in a new way. And, and uh, I love it. Yeah. But you know, that came as a consequence of having my first kid and asking myself, like, where can I optimize? Like, what am I leaving on the table here? And, um, if my role now is to show up every single day as best as I can and set the best example possible, because guaranteed kids don't listen to a thing you say, but they do everything you do. So it's like, what am I doing every day mm. in terms of setting this example? Right. And it was a key ingredient that shifted, shifted the needle remarkably. I don't know about you, but when I had, when I got married, I realized that I was a selfish person. Like I've always known that I have, we're all selfish, right? But when I got married and all of a sudden I made this vow to my wife, all of a sudden, like now I've got to put her needs in front of mine. And that that's like this. Oh, my gosh. Like it's, you, you, you start battling with yourself and then you have a child and you're like, I'm a scumbag. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all I think about is myself. And, you know, when you have kids, you start to think about things a lot differently. And you think about like exactly like she said, am I modeling the right behaviors for them? So when you took alcohol out of your life. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to learn new processes on how to engage with people, how to deal with yourself, how to deal yeah. with others without drowning things out. 
did you learn anything about yourself that you didn't know before? Absolutely. And frankly, Eric, it's, it's hard to pick out one thing. But what I would say is that I didn't know how much of an impact alcohol was having on my on my life in terms of how I thought about myself, how I managed relationships, how I digested stress, all of this stuff until I removed it. And the process of relearn of sort of adjusting all of those thoughts was honestly like a 36 month process. Like it was a few years, you know, and you know, six months in, I was like, Oh, I've got more energy, right? This is amazing. I actually feel healthier. You know, nine months in my body composition had changed dramatically. And I was always a, you know, relatively fit guy, but like I had to change my whole wardrobe. <laughs> Not no kidding. Like I just the way my body composition adjusted 12 months in, I started referring to it as a psychological renaissance. I was like, I'm just thinking about myself differently. And I think that's when I started having the realization that oh, it's because I'm abstaining from the most common social activity I've ever known. And that's just forcing me down a new path in life. You know, not, I don't mean to over dramatize it and, and all this, but it was far more impactful than I, I thought it would be. You're not dramatizing anything, not by no means at all. I think that, you know, when I was in my twenties and thirties, it was like everybody, you know, you go to a party and drink and that's just kind of what you do. I didn't, I would drink every once in a while. My body doesn't do well with alcohol. It just does mm. not. I can't drink it, period. I swell up like a... Uh, you ever seen Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, yeah. You know, the the blueberry person? Like, if I have a glass of red wine, I literally will swell for days. Huh. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's a lack of alcohol dehydrogenase or something like that. But anyways... And then all of a sudden, COVID happened, uh, and now it's kind of cool not to drink anymore. Now you're seeing the rise of all these non-alcoholic beverages. But I think having a psychological renaissance by removing something that's altering your psychological state, that's truly what happened there. What do you see more clearly now? I have a lot more confidence in myself. And what would I attribute that to? I, I think going hard at anything for a few years and just proving to yourself that you have that discipline is what it was, right? Like you could say, oh, it was, it was that you moved alcohol or, oh, no, as I got up and decided to run five miles every single morning and never missed a day, like whatever it is, but, you know, it was sticking to it day after day, year after year. But it's like, this is confidence building right now. This is because, you know, I always say there's not no downside to abstaining from booze. Like there's some... <laughs> You know, th there's the challenges of having to recreate how you build and forge so social and business relationships. I mean, you know, what's crazy is when, you know, when you quit drinking, you know, the most common comment I hear from fellow entrepreneurs is, oh, that's amazing. Good for you. You know, I could never do that in my industry because in my industry, this is how business gets done. And I'm like, dude, I work in finance. Like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Show me. Everybody Show thinks me. that they're, I used to be in football, right? So I was in pro and college football, NFL, college football, and they called it the profession. Even when I was in, I was like, why does everybody say the profession? Like, there is other professions. And then when I got out of it, all of a sudden I realized, like, everybody thinks that their industry is unique and precious. Yeah. You go to a sales conference, if you're in fertilizer, if you're in agriculture, if it doesn't matter. There are niches and little groups of popular people that everybody wants to be around and the experts and the leaders and the this and the that. There's, it's just human behavior. And so great people can create relationships anywhere. Um, and it's how you show up and how you care about other people, in my opinion. 
Well, yeah, and it, it puts in business, it puts, I think, a far greater emphasis on reputation, right? Because, uh, mm. you know, I have to show you exactly who I am every time I show up, I show up in a certain way. And what I promise is what I will deliver with consistency each and every time. Initially, I kind of envied the fact that I wasn't able to go out and like, close a quick deal with a couple cocktails and some, you know, good humor mm. on a Thursday afternoon, right? What I ended up receiving in, in lieu of that was much deeper, more productive, longer term, higher value relationships, right? It's the mm. old like, is it Paulo Coelho? If you're brave enough to say goodbye, life will reward you with a new hello. And it's absolutely true. It's like, yeah, I did lose a lot of contacts actually and friends. But more importantly, I realized how superficial those were and that they weren't really serving me. And it's mm. quite easy to fool yourself into thinking you're having a productive meeting when really you're just having a couple beers, right? And you, you know, it's, mm. it's, uh, it's a story you can tell yourself, but yeah, man, you know, and it's the, it's the compounded effect was the biggest thing for me, for sure, Eric. It was like, and you know, cause then you apply that everywhere, right? Like you, once you understand the, the value of compounded returns on anything, right? And, you know, I work in the market, there's a certain context there, but it applies to every element of your life. You know, you don't hit the gym day one and get jacked you build that into your lifestyle, let those returns compound month after month, year after year, you know, you become a different person. You look different, feel different, think different, right? But it only comes after duration. Duration is what moves the needle. I love it. Consistency over intensity for time. You and I were talking offline before this got started about something that you've created called the Sovereign Life Blueprint. I think that now would be the time to talk about this. This is very interesting. Could you explain what this is? You know, it's something I'm super passionate about. It's uh, It was my answer to a problem that I was facing in my life. It's an organizational tool, real, real simple, just to describe it first. But, you know, I've got three kids, two businesses. I'm a competitive triathlete and ultra marathon runner. Hope that I have a happy marriage. And I found frequently, like, life was just imbalanced, you know, and I was... I wasn't delivering everywhere as I wanted to, and and I would get overwhelmed by chaos. And so... Buddy, I started seeking out resources and tools to help me organize my life better. And, and over the course of many years, I just I think I found different hacks here and there, different books, different courses, different workshops, different peer groups, all this stuff, but eventually just designed my own framework. And, and I call it the Sovereign Life Blueprints. It's got a name and a brand now because although it started with something that I was just using for myself, you know, it really worked. And so then I rolled it out to my entire team and put them all through this process, which begins with like an identification of your core values. And I mean, your, your true core values, not your aspirational ones. Like it's great to have aspirational core values, like integrity and hard work and discipline, but you know, core values in the sense of like on your very last day, what is it you're going to be thinking about and grateful for it? And that's what you may truly value, right? There's different types of values, but these are the ones that we're seeking for this exercise because from there you can say, well, if that's what I'll value on my last day. Then I can build a 10-year vision that complements mm. that. Essentially, I put those in writing and say, you know, for me, it's adventure, my people, and legacy. And from those values, I can build a 10-year vision that's a happy, he healthy, adventurous family. And that's, that's a great, like, big picture mm. vision. But what the SLB, the Sovereign Life Blueprint, what we do is we then distill that. Say, okay, well, you got your 10-year North Star that's kind of your guiding light. Let's make a, a much more tactical three-year picture right? That's a bit more measurable, a little bit more defined, quantifies things into buckets like business, personal and family, so that you can say with confidence, that's where I want to be in 10 years, where here's where I need to be in three in order to make sure I'm on track. And from the three year, then we build out, you know, the three year plan becomes the one year picture. 
and this is super tactical. It's super measurable. It's like, it's either done or not done. You know, if I want to be there in three years, well, here's where I need to be in one. Let's get real honest with ourselves. Like, is this possible and achievable? And if so, what's the strategy? And then from the one year, we build out what we call the quarterly rocks. And so that's the three month rotation. That's like, okay, if I want, you know, this goal, I want this deal. I want this net worth, whatever that thing is that you're hunting down. It's like, okay, well, what are the steps, right? It's like the, the accountability measure. And and puts it into quarterly buckets that then we build into weekly to-dos, right? Here's what I have to do today. I just found that like on the, you know, those days when you're just like, you're beat up, you're exhausted, you're overwhelmed, you're too busy, all this stuff. It's so nice to just be able to open the laptop and look at the blueprint and say, okay, I just have to follow the game plan. That's it today. I just have Mm. to follow the instructions that I built for myself. And I know that if I do these things today, I'm heading towards that North Star that's really important to me. And then when there's, you know, there's rhythm built into it, we do kind of a full overhaul on an annual basis, but we do revisit everything on a quarterly just because it's impossible, I think, to really like visualize what you think, what you want your life to be in 10 years, because you don't know who you're going to be in five. And hmm. you know, I used to want five kids, you know, I got three now, like, <laughs> three <laughs> don't want yeah. five anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you like, can update change. those things. Yeah. It's like yeah, OKRs. You, you can could, update them. Right? They got to be fluid. They got to be fluid. But the point is like, it keeps you accountable because dreaming and setting goals is super fun and exciting. Doing the work is the less fun part. And so having the accountability tool, say, okay, you say you want this in three years. You want to be a homeowner. You want to have this job, whatever that is. You want to, you know, it's okay, great. Well, like, let's just get real clear here. Like, what does it take in a year? Where do you have to be to be there in three? Okay. You want to be there in a year. Where do you have to be, you know, this quarter to be on track and, it's the accountability piece to the fun of goal setting, which brings it brings it home and makes it valuable. So yeah, now we have a community going through this program. And So if somebody's interested in checking this out, where do they go? Substack. So I keep my community on Substack. I publish a weekly op-ed up there. It's free. You know, I publish every Sunday. I love writing it. Usually what I talk about, you know, I'm an investor and I, I do manage a portfolio of cash and early stage companies. But what I write about is managing my mind. It's the psychology of decision-making is, is what I enjoy studying and, and, and sharing with people. And I can get into why and, and how that relates to, to the market. But you know that Substack community is where we build. And then there's various uh, click-throughs you can take from that weekly distribution that'll put you into the Sovereign Life Blueprint path if that's what you're looking for. That's I awesome. have to like just raise a warning though. You know, I had a key player go through the Sovereign Life Blueprints and she comes to me after she had completed her first build out, you know, the whole plan was complete. And she goes, this is amazing, life-changing. Thank you so much. I need to uh, go traveling for a year, I discovered. <laughs> I yeah, like, they're no. like, I need to leave your company. <laughs> and you're like, please, the blueprint, yeah. the North Star is here, not over there. No, she was like, well, okay. So she's actually still employed with us. She's living in Sri Lanka right now and she's killing it, man. But she's living her dream. It's awesome. That's awesome. We'll make sure to uh, put a link to that in the show notes. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. There was so much in this episode that I know somebody that you know could benefit from. So take a picture of the podcast art, share it with somebody. You never know the impact you could have in their life. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode. 